ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 210th ever show and Labor Day edition and return to college football edition of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined in a few minutes by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week, as it is every year this week, is covering the Deutsche Bank Golf Championship which is now firmly entrenched as a Labor Day week tradition up here in Boston. It's already been a great week, and the tourney only started this morning, the actual tournament. Uh, Lots of pro-ams and practice rounds have been happening throughout the week. Uh, But the highlight within this great week already, and I've practically been living over at TPC in Norton, Massachusetts, where they host the tournament, Uh, a mere 20 minutes or so from uh, where I live. Uh, But the highlight was Wednesday, late afternoon, which was just simply practice rounds. Just a terrific, great, relaxed day. And all the stars turned out late afternoon. Anybody sticking around around 4 o'clock on uh, Wednesday were rewarded tremendously, starting with Jason Day. Literally the world's hottest golfer, and he is, no surprise, leading the tournament uh, as we speak at four under today. But I happened to be standing there when he came on to the, uh, to the driving range, and it was just awesome. He just signed autographs for all the people that were there, and there were many, uh, interacting with him with his great Australian accent, friendly And then he stepped onto the practice green area, which is populated by, of course, golfers, caddies, agents, PGA officials, and many others involved in the golf industry. And he was absolutely treated and greeted like a rock star. Uh, For many of them, uh, it was probably the first chance they had to see him since he finally broke through with his first major win at the PGA at Whistling Straits. And... uh, it was just really a sight to see, and he was just beyond gracious. I, I could not have been more impressed. We've all heard for years he is uh, one of the nicest guys and most popular players on tour. And from what I witnessed on Wednesday afternoon, I would wholeheartedly agree. He just could not have been, uh, again, more pleasant and, again, gracious in accepting just Literally, the nonstop congratulations people were going out of their way to 
come up and congratulate him on breaking through and winning his first major. And uh, watch out, world. Here comes Jason Day. Uh, this could be a game changer for him. I mean, he has been in the top five and t- or ten of so many majors in recent years, you know, up to a dozen or so, it seems like. He's just been in the hunt many times on the final day, sometimes in the final pairing. And, you know, his missed putt uh, on the 18th just once and for all seemed to, you know, galvanize him. That was it. Uh, He just, like, enough is enough, and he went and just took the PGA and, you know, in the toughest possible circumstances of... uh, playing with Jordan Spieth, who had already won two majors this year, head-to-head, final pairing on Sunday, and he just truly attacked the course and walked away with his first major. But he wasn't the only big star. It's, re- it's really about the big three here at the Deutsche Bank, Jason Day, of course, but also Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. They both, again, were on the uh, driving range, late in the day, 4 or 5 o'clock, and they're all there for just many hours. So it's Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy are clearly the dominant three. And, uh, you know, they're actually playing uh, together at at points today and tomorrow, and uh, along with Bubba Watson. So it's just really, uh, you know, drawing huge crowds. Uh, And in addition to the big three... Late in the day on the driving range was uh, Zach Johnson, recently crowned British Open champ. Dustin Johnson, we all know how close he's been, especially at the U.S. Open when he missed the putt to uh, give the tournament to Jordan Spieth. And and Jim Furyk, who's really uh, super popular. I mean, he is just, like, beloved by the fans. Again... Boy, do these guys practice. I mean, they just hit hundreds and hundreds of balls. They're there for hours, uh, you know, and Jason Day was ultimately the last guy on the course on Wednesday night, befitting why he is right now the hottest golfer in golf in the game. And, uh, again, the autograph seekers were rewarded, and they were there in uh, great numbers, even despite the late hour of the day. And all the players were just terrific, affable, interacting, talking with the fans, just really, really nice to see. I also, earlier Wednesday, attended uh, defending champ Chris Kirk's uh, press conference. He spoke about defending his title. Excited to be there. He's had a hand injury, which has kept him out uh, for a while, but he seems fully recovered. And he really was uh, quite articulate, played for University of Georgia golf team, uh, one of the top producing college teams for players on the tour. And he was just, uh, you know, very likable, but he really summed it up perfectly by talking about how it's just such a family atmosphere there uh, at the Deutsche Bank. You just see the same people year in, year out. They're all wonderful. Uh, just high-energy tournament. Of course, is the second stop of the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's just really, really an enjoyable experience. Uh, yesterday was the Pro-Am Day. Uh, Spieth, McElroy Day, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. 
teeing off at noon. Nice crowds following along all over the course. We kicked off on Monday with a pro-am benefiting the Earlwood Scholarship uh, featuring Boston sports legends like Troy Brown, Rico Petroselli, Jim Lomborg, Tim Wakefield. So again, just been a great week, and the tournament's only gotten underway this morning. So we have three more days to go. Of course, it's the only tournament on the PGA Tour every year that actually ends on a Monday, and uh, which is Labor Day, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The forecast is absolutely spectacular. Uh, you know, three days in the 80s, maybe creeping into 90 by Monday, and it just looks like a uh, Chamber of Commerce weekend up here in New England for what is always just an exciting weekend with... Uh, with so many things going on. Um, 100,000 students move into Boston on Labor Day weekend, so there's a lot of energy around that. Uh, and speaking of energy and uh, leading right into, uh, you know, my, my low light of the week, actually, was the timing of the Deflategate decision, really taking away yesterday from college football discussion, uh, it's really one of my favorite days of the year. As you know, we do a lot of college football on this show. And uh, and I was just geared for a full day of college football talk shows and discussion leading up to the 6 p.m. kickoffs with South Carolina and North Carolina, Florida International, and University of Central Florida, who's in the American Athletic Conference, whom I cover. Um, so it was, uh, again... Not the best of timing for the college football world, uh, but it was interesting and actually was uh, fascinating last night. I On the way back from the golf tournament, I drove right by Gillette Stadium, so I, of course, stopped off to see uh, some of the preseason game against the Giants, but more importantly, just to see the, the scene in the, you know, in the wake of the Deflategate decision, and it was... Uh, it, Again, bordering on bizarre, it was like witnessing the unbridled jubilation of Patriots fans over the decision at the preseason game last night versus the Giants, which is not something you typically see in August. They were literally dancing in the streets, no other way to say it. And uh, Brady didn't suit up, but was uh, cheered in a video they played in the first half uh, like it was the man himself. So it was pretty uh, pretty fascinating to see. Uh, with that said, college football did indeed start last night. It was uh, interesting games, to say the least, starting off with uh, our first controversy of the season, which was the Hawaii-Colorado State game. Uh, literally started at 1 a.m. Eastern time, went to like between 4 and 5, closer to 5 a.m. Eastern time, and in what was a clear low light, the uh, the ref, Colorado, was down eight, driving the ball, got it down to the inside the 10, trying to clock it, and the ref had trouble placing the ball down, and the clock ran out. The Colorado State players went nuts, and the game ended. So, quite a start to the college football season with a controversy like that, and now, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., college football, which you and I both love and talk about often on this show, every week, of course, uh, is here, finally. And you are, no surprise, right in the thick of things, down in Dallas for uh, the Alabama-Wisconsin huge game tomorrow at, uh, at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium at Jerry World. So how's it going down there? Must be a lot of excitement, I'm sure. Yeah, there is, John. When you have two of the power conferences getting together for one of those pendulum-swinging games, it's always you know, a little bit of apprehensive moment. You're trying to see which league is going to start off with a bang. No question about it. Well, Alabama's Alabama. I mean, they're in the top five, obviously, two, three, what have you, in most of the polls. And, uh, you know, this has become an annual tradition, uh, you know, a big marquee matchup in AT&T Stadium in Dallas, site of last January's national championship game. And truly a special place to behold, to say the least. Put that on the bucket list if you haven't been there. And uh, and Wisconsin, big name, Big Ten, and, uh, you know, it should be a great matchup. Uh, and Jacob Coker, who you and I have talked about for a long time on this show, will finally be getting his first start. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, that, that's what I believe is going to happen, John. Uh, 
He hasn't, uh, as far as I know, last time I checked, he hasn't announced the starter, but it's down to two people, and it's, you know, I believe it's Cooper Bateman from Utah and Jacob Cooper, but I believe Jacob Cooper is going to get his chance. I think so, too. I mean, you know, just that seems to be the leaning at this point. I know nothing official has been announced, but I did hear something that sounded pretty definitive a couple days ago that he would be the one. Uh, But we shall see. You know, it's he, of course, was, uh, you know, at Florida State. Then Jameis Winston burst onto the scene. He transferred to Alabama. A lot of people thought he would get the starting job last year. It was almost assumed he didn't. Sat on the, uh, you know, you know, was second string throughout the year, and and lo and behold, it seems like his moment is at hand. But there does seem to be, you know, it's not a slam dunk, and people thought it was going to be a slam dunk a year ago, but here we are a year later, and it's still, you know, you just said it perfectly. You cover the team, you're not a hundred percent sure that he's starting the opener twenty four hours from now, a little a little more. Right? Yeah. So I, I'm really hoping Jacob gets his chance. He's Waited so long now, and and uh, it, it's really justice that he's the starting quarterback for Alabama. Give him those first, you know, that first quarter to see how he can operate and and be the starter and, and command the team. And so I'm I'm hoping he gets his chance. Yeah, it almost seems you know with his uh, you know history, shall we say, Florida State transfer, all that, that you know. You just need to put him in a game and see how he performs. You know, granted, there maybe there will be a short leash if the competition is that tough, but it almost feels like, you know, all things being equal, he should get the start, and he probably will, I'm guessing. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what he can do. I mean, there's a lot of players that, you know, you're not exactly sure how they're going to perform until they are in the game, starting. So... That, that's a big question mark for tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the biggest question since the end of the season, John. And I think the issue with, with Jacob is he has a tendency to overanalyze and not get rid of the ball quick enough. And, and that's really a no-no when you're playing that position. You have to be able to make your decision, process the information quickly, and get it to the right receiver. Ah, that's interesting perspective. I was going to ask you, like, what exactly seems to be the issue if there is one and uh, you just said it so okay makes sense uh especially with coach nick saban at the helm i'm sure he likes quick decision making uh so that does make sense and then we have wisconsin you know they've pretty much become a perennial power now and you know when last seen in in a huge game shall we say they, they lost 59 to nothing to ohio state in the Big Ten Championship game. So they've lost their spectacular running back, Melvin Gordon, to the NFL draft, of course. But, you know, they're one of those teams. You know they're going to be good. So it should be a competitive game. Yeah, they have a, a, a veteran quarterback in Joel Stave. He's 21-7, and seven, John, as a starter. He was 8-1 in the last nine games. Uh, so, you know, he's fifth in all-time completion percentage. 50% touchdown passes, 37. Uh, he, he's a good Division One quarterback, and he, he's been involved in a lot of wins for, for the Badgers. And he's not alone. You know, they have a running back that, even though Melvin Gordon came in second out of the trophy race last season, this running back has had seven 100-yard games. 
So it's not like he's uh, he's unfamiliar with having success mm-hmm. getting the football. So it's just a typical Wisconsin team with a little twist, and that they have the new coach, uh, Chris, who was the former Wisconsin offensive coordinator. When he was there, they set records for yardage and points, and so he's a very good quarterback coach. So I think you're going to see some improvement at that position as well. And he, he has some pro background, which there'll be some balance in the offense, not just power running by Wisconsin. So Alabama will, will be challenged. No doubt about it. Um, should be a good Saturday night. And, of course, they'll be head-to-head on television against uh, Texas at Notre Dame, a very intriguing game. And another intriguing game, if you want to talk top five teams, you'll be there tonight. Baylor is visiting SMU, obviously right in Dallas. SMU has an on-campus stadium. So you have to be excited for that, too. You and I cover the American Athletic Conference, near and dear to our heart, of which SMU is a member. I watched them win the basketball tournament last March in Hartford, Connecticut. But uh, football is uh, <laughs> is the name of the game, obviously, still in Texas. And uh, so that should be exciting. I mean, Baylor, uh, obviously, controversy this week with uh, their player in the legal trouble. But And Art Browse was on the hot seat. But I'm sure there's no team in America happier about getting onto the football field than Baylor tonight, and you'll be there. Yeah, I would think they'd be glad to kick off the football season. And, of course, once again, they have a very good quarterback, Seth Russell. Um, I've heard from different people that he's a stud. So it's, we're going to watch this Baylor aerial circus again. It should be fun, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a great lineup uh, of, you know, games to kick off the season and uh we'll be looking forward to it at the end of the first segment uh i talked about uh college football's first controversy of the year and it's a big one i saw the films this morning i was not up but at 5 a.m this morning eastern time at the end of the ala the excuse me hawaii colorado state game colorado state drove down the field down eight inside the ten completed a pass, jumped up, and tried to clock it for one more stab into the end zone to potentially tie it or, you know, with a two-point conversion. The ref, refs, I should say, because one handed off to the other, they bung- they just simply bungled it and literally were juggling, fumbling the ball, for lack of a better word, and couldn't get it onto the ground over the course of two, three seconds. And the clock ran out, and the game ended. The Colorado State quarterback just went crazy, as did the entire team. It was in Hawaii, obviously, given the time. Uh, Crazy, crazy ending. Uh, I heard this morning when they were showing it on ESPN that, you know, there's a rule that, you know, when there's extraordinary circumstances, you can, you know, replay the down. Uh, And certainly the down should have been replayed. It was not. But I don't know if you've seen the film, AP. It's stunning. No, John, I haven't, but I can tell you one thing. If I was an official, I would remember that rule you just recited because that would get me out of plenty of jams. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, even if there wasn't a rule, this is, you know, I'll go to the uh, the common sense rule. It was literally like 
one official handed it to the other. They they botched the handoff, so to speak. And then the one who had it was basically juggling it in his hands and fumbling it around. And again, it only lasted two to three seconds, but that's all it had to last. It was over. The game the game was just over. And, you know, two or three seconds, you know, is enough that Colorado State could have taken. They were all lined up. Everybody was all lined up. It was a total, you know official deal there was nothing about the teams not being lined up or hawaii lining up slow they were all set it was literally a matter of the official simply putting the ground ball on the ground for the center to snap it thereby allowing the quarterback to clock it spike it which would have taken literally one second so crazy just crazy it's too bad it had to happen at 5 a.m uh and I'm guessing not too many people saw it east of the Mississippi, that's for sure. No limited audience, but everybody will remember, and I'm sure coaches will emphasize that with their players and they'll emphasize that in their pregame meeting, maybe with officials, and the, the deed will will definitely have a, you know, a ripple effect this season, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is going to be a big one. The, the, you know, this is one you're going to just see literally the rest of the season because it's really uh, – to see it is to have it stick with you. Um, and, you know, in a way, it doesn't help Colorado State, but, you know, in a way it might be a good wake-up call on the opening night of college football to just, uh, you know – for everybody involved, officials and whatnot, to just, you know, recognize that sometimes, uh, you know, crazy things happen and you simply have to apply some common sense. No one, no one would have objected to the down simply being replayed. Uh, where you just say, like, oh, you, you know, my bad. And you just say, let's now let, put three seconds on the clock and snap the ball. Just that simple. No big deal. Because that, I think, John, in fairness, the other coach, and you have to have this type of point of view. You wouldn't want that done if it was your your team on the field trying to oh, yeah. come, come back. Yeah, I, I literally don't think you know, you know anybody would have objected. But you know, you have these couple of these every year in college football. You know, we've seen so many crazy plays. Uh, you know, at the end of college football games, and you know, it's just interesting that it would happen on the very first night of the season. And speaking of the first night of the season, there was a handful of games, but there were some good ones, uh, some marquee matchups, some surprises, needless to say. And uh, why don't we take our break now, AP, and then uh, let's talk about it on the other side, about the games that actually were played last night. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-888. 346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., there were a lot of games uh, played last night to kick off the college football season. And we talked a little about SMU playing tonight from the American Athletic Conference. They're going up against Baylor, hosting Baylor. But for we who cover the AAC, there was a seismic game last night, shocking, that FIU beat Central Florida in Orlando at, at the Knights' home stadium, and just a shocker. 15-14, to 14, I could not believe it. I mean, Central Florida has been dominant. They won the first two AAC championships, and then... Heading back before that, the Conference USA Championships. I mean, you know, they were, were uh, they they become you know a player, a power, and it was just shocking to see them lose that game uh, at home to kick off the season. I, I was just stunned by that. Yeah, John, I, I I couldn't believe when they were showing the, the highlights of, of that game, and I watched that at the end because that's one of the American Athletic Conference's best football programs. And to lose that game to a, a, you know, that type of opponent at home at the opener is uh, astounding. Astounding is right. Absolutely. Um, you know, let's not forget just two years ago they won uh, the Fiesta Bowl with Blake Bortles as their quarterback and uh, – Again, you know, it was just, it's a huge, all these Florida schools are just huge interstate rivalries, to put it mildly. And uh, so it was just, again, a shocker. Um, You know, just surprised. I mean, I, I just, you know, saw that. I mean, they have a good quarterback, Justin Holman, and, you know, experienced and seasoned, exciting. And, uh, you know, I just saw them at the American Athletic Conference Football Media Day uh, just a month or so ago in Newport. 
Rhode Island, uh, and you know, they're they're one of the uh, you know big teams of the AAC, and to just see them go down. Uh, granted, they you know they weren't necessarily being picked as a slam dunk winner by any means this year, and were in fact I think second picked for second in their division, but uh, still, still a big big surprise. Uh, one game that was not a surprise was uh, TCU, number two team in the country, beating Minnesota. But that was again. A uh, very competitive game. You know, Minnesota had the ball with a chance, uh, you know, to take it down the field. Granted, they had less than a minute to go, and TCU had managed the clock beautifully. But uh, I'm sure TCU was very happy to get away with the win. That, that, that was a very close and competitive game down to the final minute. Yeah, that, that was a tough um, road game for, for TCU. Of course, they're trying to make a name on the national scene, that would have been disastrous to lose that first game up in Minnesota, you know, especially against a team that's not at the top echelon of that conference. But the quarterback from TCU, the Heisman candidate, and and uh, they were able to win that game. So anytime you can beat a Power 5 team on the road, John, it, it's a good win. Exactly. Well, Trevon Boykin, their Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, uh, you know, played well. Minnesota's a good team, and, you know, that's one of those, you know, they were home, they were pumped, uh, fantastic crowd, and, uh, you know, really enjoyable to watch. And another game that was uh, equally interesting to watch was uh, Michigan versus Utah for what I believe was the largest crowd in the history ever to see a football game in the state of Utah. Uh, you talk about fired up. They were fired up, and the reason is very simple. They were playing the University of Michigan in Jim Harbaugh's coaching debut. And, uh, you know, it's not often you look at a game and you basically say, oh, Utah's going to win that game. But yet, you know, that's exactly how I felt, and that's exactly what happened, uh, despite the fact, you know, Harbaugh was, uh, you know, leading Michigan for the first time ever. A true Michigan man returns. Yeah, he'll he'll turn that program around, John, eventually. Oh yeah. But that, but, but that was the third straight time that Utah had beaten Michigan. Wow. The, take a moment to digest that. That that's one that's spoken five five years ago would have been hard to believe, actually. Um, yes, it's really it's really astonishing that that Utah has beaten Michigan three straight times. And, uh, you know, he runs a great program out there, Kyle Whittingham, which uh, the Alabama people know all about Utah. Oh, yeah. Well, Utah is, when I think of Utah, I think of a team that, you know, that's a place you don't want to play against, uh, you know, especially in an opener. I mean, they're just, every time I watch games from Utah, it seems like they're pulling an upset at home. You know, the crowd's always just wild. And, uh, yeah, their coach, like you said, Kyle Whittingham, gets them ready. And, uh, you know, they, they always seem to have a great defense and just, you know, they, they, they play like, you know, uh, very, very aggressively. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like they lose at home, you, you know. And quite a lineage when you think, uh, you know, that's where Urban Meyer got it going out there in Utah. So they, they've really built 
themselves into a program. Let's not forget, just a few years back, that Utah was the undefeated team that, I mean, they basically were literally introduced like an act of Congress to get into the into the BCS. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, they were one of the teams that spurred that change. Sure did. Exactly. Exactly. I think their, their senator uh, actually like brought it to the floor of Congress. Uh, that's how upset they were. But yeah, Utah is just one of those teams. But yeah, Michigan, uh, you know, they have the transfer, the lefty from transfer from Iowa uh, was their quarterback last night. You know, there's no other way to say it. He looked shaky. And, but again, going against that Utah defense at home in the opener is, is a real tough place to start. Yeah, I think he had five interceptions when he was at Iowa, John, one year. And last night he had three interceptions and one for the pick six. So you're going to have interceptions, but you, hopefully it's not a pick six. And the, and that was the, the difference last night. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, teams get up for Michigan. No, no, no one knows that better than you and I, who were out at uh, UConn. Uh, a couple of years ago when Michigan played at UConn, which was, you know, as big-time football as we ever see here in New England. And, you know, mm-hmm. U- UConn took them, to the, took them to the final minutes of the game, to say the least. So uh, it was a great game. So, yeah, when Michigan shows up, people get pumped up. I mean, they're the winningest, college, winningest program in the history of college football, period. So that's all you need to know about Michigan when, uh, when they come mm-hmm. to town. Yeah, and and the thing with Jim Harbaugh, I guess he's lost a few of his openers when he went to different programs, but he's always his teams have always gotten better under his tutelage. So I, I don't see anything different because he's going to get some players at Michigan. He'll develop them, and he's too too good of a competitor to be down very long. Exactly, and. Uh... You know, speaking of UConn, they began their season with a win last night over Villanova in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, you and I have both met the new coach, Bob Diaco, very likable guy, very intense guy, background from uh, Notre Dame. So I, I was just really glad to see them uh, kick off the season with the win. Yeah, you, you, you happen to see you get a little bit of offense. They needed last evening to win over Villanova. And you have to win those games, John, if you're going to have any any chance of being a successful program. You, you can't lose to a lower division team. Exactly. Very well said. You know, in another game, and, you know, that was great to watch last night, was uh, South Carolina uh, beating North Carolina in Charlotte, uh, 17-13. And again, you know, that went down to the end. I mean, it was really good. I mean, all I asked for in college football games or in any football games is that... Uh, you know, they, they go down to the last five minutes, uh, hopefully the final possession one way or the other. And certainly that happened last night. Uh, North Carolina had the ball on the eight, down four, and their quarterback threw an interception uh, into the end zone, and that was that. So the old ball coach uh, got away with a win last night, and it really looked like, you know, the South Carolina defense played really well. Uh so, yeah, again, we like South Carolina. We like Spurrier. So it's uh, good to see them get off to a good start. Yeah, Carolina, they, the South Carolina, they came up with the, the two picks. 
uh, in the end zone and prevented North Carolina from winning. So Steve Spurrier, he's off on the right foot this year. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Georgia Tech, another ACC team, rolled big time, 69-6. to six, And uh, it was, you know. Oh, another game. Another thing that just caught my eye was uh, that uh, Arizona, the All-American linebacker, Scooby Wright, apparently injured his left knee in uh, – in their opener against University of Texas at San Antonio. He is, like, considered by many to be the potential defensive player of the year in college football. So that could be huge. Yeah, when you, use a, when you lose a, a, a top player, especially on defense, when you don't, they're not the top of program, John. They're just going to insert another guy and carry on. It really will affect them. No doubt about it. And then in the upset of the night... SEC, uh, Western Kentucky, uh, and I always think of Jim McDaniels and their basketball team from way back in the day, <laughs> but, they, but they beat Vanderbilt in Nashville 14-12. to 12. Huge, huge upset. Yeah, Vanderbilt can play some defense, but, but John, you have to score some touchdowns in this day and age in college football. You, you're not going to be able to win games. At that level, by by not scoring a lot of touchdowns, it just doesn't happen anymore. Exactly. Yes, it's a different game, you know. And uh, again, shocker, but for Western Kentucky, that just you know, that's what you love about college football. These games pop up, and it didn't take long last night. You know, first night with just you know a dozen or so games, and lo and behold, you have a result like that, which just literally. Uh, you know, an SEC, SEC team getting beat by Western Kentucky. I mean, stunner, to say the least. Uh, well, AP, it's good to be talking about real college football games actually underway. Yesterday felt like New Year's Day uh, with the beginning of the season. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we still have a few more minutes to cover a lot of the other uh, news around the beginning of football. But right now, let's take our final break. And we'll get to that on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed the Alabama-Wisconsin game tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. A.P. is there in Dallas as we speak to cover the game. And A.P., we already talked about this game, which will be a great one. But uh, as I referenced earlier, it's going head-to-head on television with Texas at Notre Dame, and that should be a great one as well. I'm definitely going to be channel surfing tomorrow night. Uh, you know, you have Charlie Strong. Everybody wants to see where they're at in year two. They, they didn't do very well in year one, but he was just putting a stamp on the program. And then, you, of course, you have the new Notre Dame quarterback, Malik Zaire, who played in the bowl game last year. Everett Golson, of course, transferred. He's the starting quarterback at Florida State, just named this week. But Texas at Notre Dame in South Bend. That's a big game by any standard, and that should be a great one. Yeah, John, you're trying to see what will happen with the Texas offense this year. Charlie Strong has always been a good defensive coach. We know that, but he has to get that offense going for the Texas to have a, a better season, get more wins, and Notre Dame, I mean, if you're going to play them, it's, you're playing them at full strength the first game, usually. And it's a, a home uh, game for them. That's going to be difficult for Texas, I think. Very difficult. Let's not forget, Notre Dame is picked by many to be in the Final Four, the college football playoff this year. So they're expected to be very, very good. Uh, but, you know, for pedigree, you could have a, a you know a, a bigger foe coming in uh, on simple on simple pedigree than uh, than Texas and I of course and I'm sure you as well think back to those spectacular uh, Notre Dame Texas Cotton Bowls back in the day on New Year's Day they were just like national championship level games and it was just awesome so quite a history between these two to say the least. Yeah, t- Texas is, is trying to have some up-tempo in their offense, John, the spread offense. So they're trying to get their quarterback going swoops. And if you can get a little rhythm early, th- that that's the key, I believe, for Texas. Exactly. A couple other very intriguing matchups tomorrow, like really good games. Uh, you know, BYU at Nebraska. Uh, that has the potential to be really interesting. Uh Nebraska new coach, uh, Mike Riley, formerly from Oregon State. And BYU, well, they, what can you say? They always show up to play, like Utah. Uh, they're, <laughs> they always field a good competitive team, so 
That should be a good one. Yeah, Nebraska has a little turmoil going on. John five suspended players, some starters, and they view of Mike Riley. So, but I think it'll be interesting what Mike Riley does with that program. Where could he find players for that state? Because it, the whole dynamic of recruiting for that program has changed through the years. All these various states where they used to go pick players. I mean, they're, they're strongholds. Now, you, you can't go into California like you used to and get them to come to Nebraska. It's like, you know, can you get them to come down on the farm or something? It's just very difficult. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Mike, Mike Riley does and where his pipeline will be to players. Yes, yes. No, that's a big, uh, you know, it's a big question, to say the least. Uh, Nebraska, uh, they're Nebraska. What else can you say? And uh, another intriguing matchup is... Uh, is Louisville playing Auburn. Uh, Auburn, again, is one of those teams predicted by many to be in the Final Four in the college football playoff. So, and Louisville is, uh, you know, they're, they're good every year with Bobby Petrino now back at the helm uh, for his second year after being the coach yeah. formerly uh, in years past. We all know that story. Right, right. John, this game... You wonder if Auburn's defense, how much better will they be under the guidance of Will Muschamp? And then, of course, you're looking at the, the new starter, Jeremy Johnson. You know, he had some games under his belt right, the first couple of years, but now he's in full command of the quarterback position. And how well will he play in the Gus Malzahn system? He's suited for that style of offense. And, of course, Bobby Petrino, he's been known to put up a few numbers himself. So, that's watch that scoreboard on Saturday. Exactly. And another really, you know, uh, intriguing matchup could be, you know, one of the better games of the day, speaking just competitively, Arizona State at Texas A&M. Arizona State, of course, coached by Rich Rod, Texas A&M, uh, obviously Kevin Sumlin. So it really should be, uh, you know, interesting to, interesting to watch. That, that game is very intriguing to me. Well, the person that I'm going to watch is, or I'm going to watch his defense play is John Chavis from Texas A&M. I think that was one of the better hires. And Texas A&M, you know that they can score points with Kevin Sumlin, but can they improve their defense? That's going to make them a championship-caliber team. So I'm, I'm interested to watch the improvement of Texas A&M, especially against oh, yeah. a team like Arizona, especially against a team like Arizona State. Who some say has potential to win the Pac-12? Yes, yes, uh, they were really coming on at the end of last year. You know, Rich Rod just uh, you know he he gets them going, no question about it. Um, so yeah, sure to be an interesting one. I, I'm intrigued uh, to see you know Penn State at Temple for obvious reasons. I grew up near Penn State, so uh, that game again is you know national TV, and uh, I think I'm, um, you know, being played in Philly, I believe, at the uh, Eagles Stadium, so uh, yeah, that should be fun as well. I, I, I Christian Hackenberg, it, really, with them, it's all about the offensive line. He got no protection last year, and by all accounts, they've beefed it up tremendously, and uh, you know, they, they, they get to show their stuff for the first time tomorrow, so that should be fun. Yeah, John, every football game, when you have the conversation to determine the outcome, you have to look at the line of scrimmage. The quarterback cannot pass the ball from the feet of his pants. 
<laughs> exactly right. Well said, as always. Um, but yeah, after that tremendous, you know, first year for Christian Hackenberg, he obviously stepped back. But it was really, it, it was all about the offensive line. Just he, he just no protection last year whatsoever. Another game that's intriguing to me because I always find them to be, you know, like Utah teams like that, just competitive. Virginia at UCLA, I find that, you know, UCLA will have a new quarterback in the uh, Brett post Brett Hundley area, so uh, era. So yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. And Virginia, they always come to play, and again, pull the occasional upset. Yeah, that that could be a dicey game for UCLA if they don't get off to a fast start because. Virginia, I mean, that first game of the year, most of the teams are healthy and hungry. So, and UCLA, as you say, is going to have a new quarterback. And they might start that freshman, that hot shot freshman out there, John. I was at their practice a couple weeks ago in San Bernardino, and he, he might be the one that gets the nod. Yes. Uh, well, this is what's fun about the beginning of the season. You never know, you know. Who's, who's going to burst onto the scene, put it that way. But there's always ones that do in college football. And then the really, there to wrap up the weekend, the big game, Ohio State at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. It's already being called by people like Frank Beamer, of all people, the Virginia Tech coach, legendary. Uh, basically, he's just saying in advance, it's the biggest game ever to be played at Virginia Tech Stadium, Lane Stadium. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. Ohio State, obviously, defending national champions. Uh, they lost to Virginia Tech last year in J.T. Barrett's first-ever game. There's the quarterback, you know, with a uh, situation with Cardell Jones and J.T. Barrett and Braxton Miller, the original great quarterback who got injured, but now he's gone to you know, H-back slash wide receiver, a must-see game, to say the least. Everybody's dying to see Ohio State on the field after their three-game run to the national championship at the end of last season. Yeah, Frank Bremer put all that pressure on his team when you come up to it's the biggest game ever in Blacksburg. He, he took that chance, and he's going to see how his team's going to perform. Last year, they were up to the task. This year, there's no surprises. You're going to see probably two quarterbacks play for Ohio State, and they're loaded again and defending their national championship. And how hungry are the Buckeyes? Exactly. You know, if anybody can keep them hungry, it's Urban Meyer. And, you know, they, they do have the revenge factor on their side to prevent complacency. Uh, I remember vividly watching that game last year, the opener. I couldn't believe what I was seeing as Virginia Tech, always a quality program, to say the least. But, you know, to see them go into Columbus and win at the Horseshoe, uh, you know, with the defense really taking over at the end of that game was amazing to watch. I, I won't soon forget the end of that game. So I'm looking forward to Monday night to wrap up Labor Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Virginia Tech, they have to feel, conf- they have to feel confident. You beat the national championship team last season. And this is a new year, but you're not fearful. Not at all. Well, AP, great job. It's uh, fun to have college football back. It's awesome. It's what you and I truly love. And uh, 
Yes, so enjoy covering the Wisconsin-Alabama game tomorrow night in Dallas. We'll look forward to hearing all your insights next Friday, and thank you again for your expertise today. Well, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Look forward to it. Right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.